million dollars. Let me check out that ring. What's up, TMZ? How'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Welcome to TMZ Sports. Mike Babcock here. We finally have gotten somebody with some bulk, some muscle on him. Edward Lewis in for Mojo Mutati today. Uh, Ed, we told uh, the people yesterday, we said Taylor Swift was going to be in the building at Arrowhead last night for the Thursday night football game, Chiefs, Broncos. And what do you know, it, Ed? She was there once again, thick as thieves with Travis Kelsey's mom, Donna Kelsey. There she was hugging Brittany Mahomes. Crazy what's happened with that relationship. And even dad, Ed Kelsey, was uh, in the box, in the building, actually spent some uh, time talking to, to Taylor Swift as well. Now, Ed, they are, of course, 3-0 and with Taylor Swift uh, in the building. Of course, they're the, one of the best teams in the league, so I guess not too shocking. But undefeated with Taylor Swift. And, Ed, things are heating up because, Ed, we are told, and we broke this story on the website today, that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey actually plan to spend the weekend together. You know, that's how it goes, Ed. You play on Thursday night. You end up getting a couple extra days of, of rest and relaxation. And that's exactly why Taylor and Travis going to hang out this weekend, Ed. And I, I mean, that's obvious, right, that, that things are getting more serious here. Yeah, and, and, and I think it says a lot that it's not just a PR stunt, right? I mean, because yes. if you're going to fly all the way from Los Angeles where she was doing her big movie premiere here in L.A. and at the Grove and, you know, shutting down streets for it all, <laughs> and you're going to fly all the way from there to Kansas City, I mean, it, it, if you're only staying for a day or two, it's clear that this is kind of a PR stunt. Right. And it's like, well, I just want to be seen. I want to sell movie tickets, whatever you want to call it. But now that you're staying the whole weekend with this guy, I mean, if you, you know as well as I do, staying, staying in with anybody for that long period of time is not that uh, entertaining unless you guys are in a relationship. So right. uh, <laughs> I, I, I think this does a lot. I think it speaks volumes to where they are at. I think it's no longer a question of is this a PR stunt. I think it's actually like legitimately dating. And if you watch that, that footage, it's hard to argue. I mean, she's hanging out with his best friend's girl. Right. Uh, uh, she's hanging out with his mom, hanging out with dad. I, I, I think this is real. I think it's time to start. Yeah, I don't even think it's debatable anymore. Ed, and presumably they're not going to be. I don't know if they're going to be going out to fancy restaurants around town, and I don't think they're going to be seen. They're probably going to lay low, and why would you do that with somebody? And like you said, why spend uh, all those days with someone if it's just uh, to raise your profile in some way? So, yeah, I don't even think that that's a legit argument for anybody to even have anymore. I think these two are obviously... Um, well, well, that kind of leads us to our next soundbite. I was going to say, I, I, I almost said the girlfriend word, but I, I don't know. And that's, that's sort of uh, what people are talking about now. How would you define this situation, Chip? Uh, there is at least one person who called Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, and that is uh, one of the voices of the NFL, uh, longtime great announcer, Al Michaels. Al Michaels was, of course, calling the game last night for NBC, and, yeah, he used the G word. Looking on is... He's, well, at the moment, his good buddy and girlfriend. Taylor Swift, he makes the catch here. It's a game of three. Then he promptly hurt his ankle on that play. <laughs> I don't know if that was coincidence or whatnot, but no. I mean, you said it best, too. Like, they cannot go out in public and have a great time in Kansas City this weekend. So, again, they're going to have to be in private this weekend. So, uh, like we talked about, you spend that much time in private, alone, one-on-one, -on -one, basically the whole time. It says more to me than just this, right. hey, this what is just What to do all that time alone together? <laughs> just, just hang out. Just hang out. Just hang out. All right, Ed, we'll stick here with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Broncos game. There was, of course, love, and then there was absolutely no love lost between two 
wide receivers, two really good wide receivers. So uh, Jerry Judy, of course, Jerry Judy, Broncos wide receiver, was playing in the game last night. And Steve Smith Sr., back in his day, a multiple-time pro bowler, was one of the best wide receivers in his era. Now he is an analyst for NFL Network. Steve Smith also has a podcast. And on occasion, he's had some, maybe not the most flattering uh, things to say about Jerry Judy's abilities on the football field. Well, last night, Steve Smith Sr. said he tried to apologize to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy wasn't having it. And there was actually an altercation. Steve Smith then, Ed, took a microphone and explained what happened to millions of people across America. Take a look. The word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. And so when I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face to face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, Mike Rob and Bucky, was ninja. Ninja? Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's I'm just using the word ninja. I don't mess with you. And it was a, it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right, and then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that use a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and ask him, should they trade for you? I will say no. You want to kind of be on Jerry Judy's side here because this is a, nobody ever wants to see an NFL legend yeah. ripping you on national television. No. But Jerry Judy went out after this altercation and had approximately three catches for 14 <laughs> yards. So, I mean, Oof. I don't see the lie in what Steve Smith is saying. No. And that's why it's like brutal to, to break this all down. The truth hurts sometimes, because Jerry right? Judy is a Jag. He has been just a guy yeah. in Denver. I mean, granted, if maybe he was playing Patrick Mahomes, it would be a lot different. But we've seen like star receivers playing with star quarterbacks and move on to different teams with lesser quarterbacks, for example, Tyreek Hill, moved on from Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa and remains a star. So you can't just tell me that, oh, well, he's bad because his team is bad. That's just not the way it works. I mean, good wide receivers elevate bad quarterbacks, and and it's just he hasn't done that, and I don't think anything Smith said was unfair, and for him to kind of dog him before the game when he was trying to apologize, I think he maybe warranted this. No, absolutely right. And look, Steve Smith was a guy who was like a second or third day pick in the draft. We know Jerry Judy was a top wide receiver, and and Steve Smith is is an all-pro. He keeps it real. That's that's how he is. And yeah, sometimes, Ed, I, I agree with you. The truth hurts. Up next, Kamaru Usman taking on Hamza Chimaev. The former welterweight champ takes us through the decision to take this fight on just nine days notice. It's the interview you will not see anywhere else. The Nigerian Nightmare joins us next on TMZ Sports. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, 
off and running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back to TMZ Sports. Mike Babcock here. Uh, UFC 294 was in jeopardy, almost done, until this man right here stepped up on 10 days' notice to fight across the world against the guy that we've been told is the boogeyman, the legend, one of the greatest fighters of all time, one of the best dudes in sports, Kamaru Usman. Kamaru, how are you? I'm wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Talk crazy, to me, brother. Crazy, how did this happen? <laughs> been a crazy 24 hours, but, you know, we made it happen. And the crazy thing is, I hate being put in this position because this was supposed to be the fight. Yeah. You know? Um, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a great, very, very good, uh, prospect, good contender. And, you know, he was, he was in, he's in my weight class. And so that fight naturally will, is what was supposed to happen. And I said, all right, let's do it. I've been ready for it. Let's, let's do it. But of course, um, uh, some things on his side about not being able to make the weight, and also from the UFC side, you know, they have their plans until so the fight didn't come, you know, didn't come together. But now, you know, obviously being put in this position to have to fly across the world nine nine days and uh, and make it happen, you know, it's not new to me. You know, people forget I did it in less than six days, you know, before. So ain't nothing new. Fighters fight. Absolutely. Obviously, we remember that Jorge Masvidal and how that went. Uh, it, w walk me through the decision. Was it something that you immediately, Kamaru, said, hey, I'm doing this? I know how badly you wanted the fight. I've listened to you talk about it, but it, but it's a lot, right? You weren't in camp for a fight. You have to, you're not flying to Vegas. Obviously, like you said, you're flying to Saudi Arabia. I mean, uh, or uh, uh, to Abu Dhabi, I should Abu Dhabi, say. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk to me, talk to me about that decision. How hard of a decision was it? Or wasn't it a hard decision? It, it was, it was mixed, mixed emotions because it was, I get the call and where was I when I got the call? I, I think I just left training. I left training. And, uh, of course, this is the thing with me. is This is my job. This is what I do. I'm a professional. So it's not like, oh, I don't have a fight. I don't do anything. You know, so I, I leave training. And then uh, I get the call from Ali. And I'm immediately I'm excited. But that's just, you know, that's, that's where you are. You're excited right. of what potentially could be. It's like, I'm excited right now about maybe winning the jackpot of a billion dollars in the right. lottery, you know? <laughs> so I'm excited. And I'm like, okay, let me first first and foremost, I always have to uh I call my coaches and I throw the idea at them. And no one talked me out of it. So I'm like, okay. I said, let me sleep on it because I don't want to be, I don't want to be hasty and and do something unintelligent. Let me sleep on it. And I woke up the next day with, let's get ready. 
And so I texted Ali and I said, let's do this. What do you, what do you make of his skills? Uh, are you better standing up? Are you better on the ground? Where, where do you see yourself as, as compared to uh, Hamzat? Well, he's definitely talented. I mean, that's why there's a lot of excitement about him because, you know, we see these guys come in and, and, and a lot of different guys and you just see something special about him. And, and we all know it. I know it. He knows it. Everyone knows it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's very skilled. He's strong. He's big. He's fast. He can wrestle. He can grapple. He can strike. He has everything. But so do I. And at the end of the day, we all human beings. And so everybody feels invincible until someone comes in and pokes that balloon. Have they told you that if you win this fight that you will get a title shot at 185? I mean, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> It'd be crazy it's if you no, didn't, right? It, it's a no-brainer because there's just that element of story there. But okay. um, at the end of the, uh, the, there's a big reason why I never really wanted to go to to middleweight, and I've I've said it numerous and numerous times. So that's not necessarily the case right now. And so you know, and I and I want to keep it that way. But it's a built-in. I mean, it's Sean Strickland's a champion. I've already taken care of him. Not to say he's not better, he's, he is. But I've got a mountain in front of me that I need to scale and climb. So let's, uh, we'll get through that first and we worry about what's next. But I mean, it's a no brainer. Do you think we've seen the last of you at 170 tomorrow? No, no, absolutely not. And what a way to go out. What a way to decide to, you know, I might just mic drop. Go grab the middleweight belt. Go down, grab the welterweight belt. Then Mike drop. Like, oh, I was gonna say, don't retire yet. Come on now. No, I mean, what a way, what a way, what a way to go out there. You know, I want both. I've always wanted champ, champ, but what a way to go get the top one, then come back down and get. No one's ever done that. Right. That, that would be crazy. Would be, it would be crazy. That it would be absolutely yeah. crazy. Have you thought about what this would mean for your legacy? I mean, you're already a Hall of Famer. If you say, "Hey, I'm not fighting anymore," you know, after this interview, have you thought about what this means for your legacy, though, to beat a guy who has never lost, to do it on nine days' notice, to fly across the world? I mean, all of that stuff. This is like what you know. It's it's a storybook. It is, but I'm not. I'm not necessarily worried about it. I'm worried about just a, it's a fight. Yeah, you know, so as as a being a, a honest with myself and as a human being to fight, I'm stepping into a fight. Yeah. I don't care whether I, I trained for uh, six months to prepare for a fight. It's a fight. Once you get in there, you still get those nerves, you still get those jitters, and you have to step in there and make it happen. And nothing's different about this. It's it's a fight. I don't care how when it was or whatever is going on. I don't want to listen to all that noise. I want to step in there, fight night and we'll make it happen. Kamari, thank you so much as always, brother. I appreciate you and we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Cristiano Ronaldo, and, and this is a, a very difficult story and it really goes to show how things are different in different countries around the world and not everybody has it as good as we do here in the United States. So uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, recently signed a incredibly lucrative contract with a team called Al Nassar. They are a, a team in Saudi Arabia. So uh, being in a uh, with a Middle Eastern team, they sometimes travel to other Middle Eastern countries and they will play games. And that's exactly what Cristiano and his teammates did in mid-September. It was 
September 19th, uh, they went to Iran, Ed, and uh, while they were there for the game, Cristiano, doesn't matter where this guy goes, he is one of the most famous and one of the most recognizable people out there, period. And there was a fan, uh, an artist, actually. She is amazing. This woman's name is Fatima Mamimi. Now, she doesn't have use of her arms, so what she does is paint using her feet and her legs, and this woman's work is is remarkable it's it's incredible so there they are she presents these two photos these these artwork to cristiano ronaldo now cristiano wanted to thank her so he gives her a hug and a kiss on the forehead for that ed cristiano ronaldo could now be facing 99 lashes administered by the iranian government so Things in Iran, obviously, again, different than they are here. It is considered adultery if you are in a relationship with somebody else, like Cristiano is with Georgina Rodriguez, to then touch another woman. And that's what he did. Obviously, it's not something that was unwanted on the fans' behalf. I'm sure she was absolutely thrilled. One of the moments of her life she'll never forget. But again, could be facing 99 lashes if he was to go back to Iran because there are a lot of people who are apparently outraged within the country. Yeah, and it was clearly such an innocuous uh, interaction. Right. I mean, there was no intent whatsoever involved. And like you said, she seemed to be very welcoming to it and really like starstruck and in awe of Cristiano. Uh, it should be noted that according to reports, he's actually been sentenced to this. Wow. So it's not even maybe yet. Exactly. So if he steps back in Iran, he is going to be facing this punishment. Uh, that's what he's been sentenced to. Now, according to reports, he is able to get out of this punishment if he expresses remorse for his actions. So Ooh. who knows what that exactly means. Does that mean is a social media post? Does that mean you have to do something? Does he have to donate something? Right. Who, who knows what that means? But again, this is a big deal because like you said, his team travels to this country sometimes. And it, now they don't have anything set up for the regular season at this point, but they're playing in a tournament. It's, it's kind of hard to explain if you're not in soccer. And, but basically, if they make it to a knockout stage of the tournament, right. they could be going back to Iran, which would mean Ronaldo has to face this punishment in some way. So this is a very, very, very intriguing story. It's one of the crazy stories we've heard. And like you said, Babcock, it really lets you know, wow, I'm very fortunate to live where I live. Yeah, I, I know sometimes, you know, we, we obviously have our own issues here and, and very legitimate stuff, but you look at what's happening in other places. I mean, imagine LeBron James going to play a basketball game somewhere and he gets lashed a hundred times with this whip. I mean, it's frightening, frightening stuff. And you do wonder what Al Nassar and Cristiano Ronaldo might do. Cause I, I can't imagine Ed, them putting him in a position where he would be lashed. I, I can't imagine that ever happening. At the same time, uh, they're paying him hundreds of millions of dollars to play soccer for them. So what ends up giving here? I, I don't know. It's, it's gonna be really interesting to watch what happens. And it's such a shame. This this is not the outcome that Cristiano nor Fatima wants, and hopefully nobody's hurt. Ed, it's, it's going to be a long, long offseason, long winter for the Atlanta Braves. They won 104 games, but how it goes in baseball, it's a long season and it can be over very, very quickly. And that is the case uh, for the baseball team in Atlanta. They, uh, in four games, three to one, Ed, uh, as you know, uh, they are sent home by the Philadelphia Phillies. And one of the real big reasons why the Braves lost this series, you know, hey, they didn't pitch, didn't hit great. But uh, Nick Castellanos, he was absolutely great at the plate. Two home runs, uh, Ed, in back-to-back -back games. So four home runs the last two games, uh, you know. Look, they were they were down one nothing when he hits that one there, and uh, uh, big 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 performance by Nick Castellanos. It wasn't just the two postseason home runs; it was also 
two post-game interviews that were hysterical. This guy is too funny. Take a look. Nick, nobody in Major League history has hit two home runs on back-to-back postseason games, but you just did, and you guys are headed to the NLCS. Where's the question in that? There's no question. <laughs> okay, thank you for telling me. I, I thought you'd be happy with that. Uh, I am, man, but we got eight more wins. You and Philly is the best fit. Nick Castellanos, we always needed to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. Am I on to something? I mean, yeah, I Philly. <laughs> Nick, I enjoy you, man. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's always been kind of a unique guy wherever he's been, but if you'll recall, he signed a mega, mega deal with the Phillies and really struggled his yeah. first year there. I mean, he was flat out bad. And I think yeah. this is kind of maybe a middle finger to all the media members and, and all of his, his, his critics, you know, because that first year there, everybody was like, uh, is Nick going to start hitting soon? Uh, right. you know, now he's obviously doing wonderful. This postseason has been amazing. He had a great year as well. So I think this is more of him being like, okay, like, here's all my haters. All right, I'm not going to talk to you after the game. You just watch my plate and talk, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. I think a lot of people, he gets the big money and a lot of people wondering like, hey, did we really make a big mistake here with this signing? Uh, not a lot of people probably saying that today. And the Phillies will now advance to play the Arizona Diamondbacks with a trip to the World Series on the line. All right, Ed, we are just about out of time. Uh, before we go, though, look, this series was heated. These guys are, uh, they're NL East rivals, the Phillies and the Braves. There's uh, talk about no love lost. The, um, there, there are some rivalries here, and the teams don't exactly love each other. And uh, that was evident by the fact, Ed, that uh, Orlando Arcia, who, of course, was beefing with the Phillies, beefing with uh, Philly star Bryce Harper throughout this series, the fans in Philadelphia, they will let you have it, and they did let him have it. Look at this was last night during the game as the Braves are on their way, uh, about to be sent home. And, uh, yeah, the, the fans were digging into him <laughs> pretty good. I guess he got some revenge, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we talked about with Jerry Judy, if, if you're going to talk smack, you got to back it up. And when you don't, when you don't back it up, you're going to get it back into your face. So I, I don't have any remorse for him here. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, long, again, long, long winter for the Atlanta Braves and Orlando Arcia. We are out of time. Uh, Edward, uh, everybody have a great week. and got a big, big show, big video. Lots of football this weekend. Uh, big stuff on Monday. We'll see you then.